For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I have a friend named Sean, and a few years ago, Sean started a small residential construction business, just mostly renovation work, wherever he could pick up. Uh, he was once hired to do this really small job. It was a, a small second-story deck uh, coming off of a master bedroom, and it had vinyl decking on it. And they wanted him to rip up the old vinyl and put down some new stuff, and it should have taken him, you know, probably a solid day to do. Um, but as Sean ripped up the, the vinyl, uh, he found what uh, every homeowner dreads. He found rot, rot in the deck, and he began to peel back more of the deck, and then he had to start peeling back some of the siding. Uh, and over the course of a few weeks, Sean had to chase rot, which had worked its way through the entire front of the house. So what began as a simple cosmetic replacement of, of uh, really like a, a six foot by three foot deck vinyl turned into uh, the homeowners having to get a second mortgage and replace the entire structure of that side of the house. I know for me personally, I often want God to simply give me some cosmetic fixes on the surface. There's this problem, I want you to take care of it. But God looks far deeper and sees structural issues in my life. And uh, often what's really needed goes far, far deeper to the bones of who I am. See, that homeowner could have technically, I guess, ignored the rot and put down the vinyl deck, but the rot would have continued to spread in through the walls um, and actually leading to probably a catastrophic failure um, in that house. It was a big deal. God looks beyond simply the surface that we see. Uh, Let's grab the text here this morning in Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 1. Um, and getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his city, his own city. And behold, some people brought him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. Uh, Matthew really breezes through this story. It's, it's, it's uh, expounded a lot more in Luke. Um, and, and you can picture, so Jesus goes into a city and, and the crowds have started to hear Jesus' fame and, and what Jesus is able to do. And he's preached the Sermon on the Mount and there's lots of healings. And so he's in this house in a city and these crowds are flocking and the house is packed. There's no way in. Um, meanwhile, there's this group of guys who hear about Jesus in the city and, and, uh, and they have a friend who's a paralytic. We don't know if he's been a paralytic for just a short time or his entire life, but these friends, uh, they love they love their disabled friend, and it's their desire. If we can just get him to Jesus. And so they, they put him on, on this mat, and, and they, they take him to the house. Uh, but you can imagine to their dismay that the house is packed. There's no way in. There's their standing room beyond the walls. There's a crowd, a swarm around the house. There's no way into Jesus. Uh, and, and you can picture their, their desperation, their frustration. They probably try and get in through the crowd but can't. When one of them has this, uh, this, this audacious idea, let's, let's get up on the roof. And so you can picture the, these guys climbing up onto the roof and then having to, to pull the, 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 the paralytic friend up onto the roof with this mat. Uh, and they, the, again, the audacity to then begin tearing up the roof 
They're on the roof of this house tearing it up. And you can imagine inside the house along with Jesus, perhaps Jesus is telling them a parable when people start to hear this noise coming from the ceiling. And at first they ignore it and then all of a sudden it becomes louder and louder and continuous and, and everyone's staring up and maybe Jesus stops talking. He just looks up at the ceiling as this hole begins to open and, and picture the homeowner. Uh, the homeowner is probably yelling and maybe cursing at these men who are tearing apart his ceiling. Uh, and think of the time that it would take as this whole the crowd is just watching this happen as the hole gets bigger and bigger in the ceiling until it's large enough that, that the friends are able to lower their friend on the mat down through the hole in the roof down to Jesus and, and the crowd is, is moving out of the way to make room for this mat. And I, I just picture everyone going silent perhaps except the, the homeowner who, who maybe is still just furious and fuming about the destruction of his home. And the friends lay the mat down at Jesus' feet, and you can imagine the hushed, hushed anticipation of could this be the moment? What is Jesus going to do? And here we saw Jesus saw their faith, and he said to the paralytic, and yeah, this, you can imagine the friends, as Jesus is about to speak, you know what they're hoping for, you know what they're expecting. This could be the moment this guy gets healed. Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. You imagine the friends are probably pretty disappointed in this moment. Uh, his sins? Uh, okay, thanks. You can imagine there's sort of a deflation here. But meanwhile, uh, and behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, this man is blaspheming. So you've got some scribes and some Pharisees who've shown up and they're looking to trap Jesus. They want to find fault with him and they're probably shocked by what they just witnessed. It's more incriminating than anything they could have imagined that Jesus is, is claiming that he can forgive sins. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or say, rise and walk? Um, see, both Jesus and the Pharisees know that it's only God himself, God alone, who can forgive sins. Uh, it is he alone who is able to remove guilt and declare that it's actually been removed. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. You can picture the scene of, of this man laying on the mat who actually gets up. And he picks up his mat. And who knows how long it's been since he's been able to use these legs. And he begins to have to sort of weave his way, force his way through the crowd to exit in the stunned crowd who who probably know this man. He's in their town. They've seen him. They know his story. And the shock and the awe as he stumbles through, maybe getting help, weaving his way through the crowd, going home. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid and they glorified God who had given such authority to men. And the crowd still doesn't understand who Jesus is. They are shocked. They don't know what to make of this. What I find really surprising in this story is that Jesus sees, everyone sees this paralytic man who, whose need, physical need, is obvious. You picture what it would be like to be paralyzed in that day and without disability payments and uh, without wheelchairs, without ramps. His life was completely altered. It hindered it. It shaped everything about him. 
But yet Jesus looks at this man and he realizes, he knows that his deepest need is his sin. It's like the, the vinyl deck, the, the deeper need beyond the surface is the rot that's hiding within. Much of what is in the Sermon on the Mount that we've kind of just finished really digs into the depravity of, of the sinfulness of, of, our, of our hearts. That, that we think that as long as on the surface I look okay and as long as I'm not murdering someone, then I'm fine. But, but God cuts much deeper. Jesus says, no, even anger, even resentment is, is, is the sin of murder. And so the, the sin and the rot goes far deeper to our core. And I think it gives us an insight on the way that God views our sin. How serious God takes it. How he sees this rot within our character. That, that he would look at this paralyzed man and, and, and acknowledge that your real need is forgiveness of sins. Yeah, you're paralyzed, but that's on the surface. See, I think we bring, or at least I do, I bring my, my circumstances to God these surface-level things, begging him to change them. And they might be very real and very serious, very dire, and I bring them to him. But in doing so, I think that God continues in my life anyway to see something far deeper going on that needs even more work, that's more desperate. And sometimes I think the very thing that we want him to take away, to replace, to heal, whatever it is, might be the very mechanism that he's using to bring healing to our wounds, to bring healing to that deeper rot in our lives. And so while we may look at the troubles that we struggle with around us and we lift those to God, it's a perspective for me here that, uh, that my sin the rot within my character means far more to God and he's far more concerned about, about pulling that out or replacing that um, than simply the things on the surface. And so it helps me in the perspective, perhaps even in the frustration of what feels like unanswered prayer or obstacles in my life, that God maybe is doing something far deeper in my character than it seems like he's doing on the surface. So let's pray. God, we, uh, we, we confess that, uh, that we often focus on the trivial surface things and ignore the deeper character rot um, that's eating us away inside. Thank you that you love us enough to deal with that. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your grace which washes over us. And thank you for your patience with us as you continue to try and pull us into holiness so that we are structurally sound. God, help us to see our sin as a serious thing, not to dismiss it, not to assume that it's just all fine, but to, do, to take radical steps um, to root it out of our lives. God, thank you for your grace in this process and your patience with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, once again, uh, trust that uh, God is speaking through his word, that the Spirit is illuminating this text in your life um, and making an impact. That's, that's our ultimate hope and our goal in all of these things. This makes an impact um, in your days. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon.